Clay Williams. And I'm attorney Marcus Pollard. And we are with Community Lawyering 101. Bringing law to your front door. In today's discussion, we will cover white supremacy in America. Um, yeah, that's a deep topic. It's been <laughs> reoccurring in our, our media and news outlets recently. The largest display of white supremacy has been the events held on January 6, 2021, where the domestic terrorism attack occurred. January 6th. Um, what did they call it? What's that word? The insurrection. The insurrection. I think that was just like a prime example of what African-Americans have been saying for years. We've been mm-hmm. calling these domestic terrorists mm-hmm. domestic terrorists for years. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the world, the mainstream media is seeing that, okay, there is a problem with domestic terrorism in America and it looks like America. It definitely is America. I definitely agree that as African-Americans, we've already known about this. It's something new to white people. It is. <laughs> and I think in some instances, they're having a hard time gripping with it mm-hmm. or with the reality of what America truly is. Mm-hmm. However, we've already known what it's been like. It's since. almost like a superpower for African-Americans, though. So what so, do you mean by superpower? It's like once you know the truth, you're somewhat more empowered than some individual who's just like just waking up to a world and they don't know how to live in it. They don't know how to react to it. And it kind of catches you off guard. That's right? true. That's so true. it's like we're we're ready. We've been in this fight for a while now and we're just ready. Are we ready? Because just from the images that were shown from them terrorizing our U.S. Capitol, they seem pretty prepared for war. Like they're they're not scared. They're not hesitant. I think they're prepared for something. Over. I don't think they're prepared for war. I think that's a, a really big statement, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, America has one of the strongest militaries in the world. There's a reason why other countries ask us before they can evade anybody else because of the American military is powerful. But what does that mean for white supremacists and people with white privilege? They're not intimidated by U.S. military because they already think that those forces, whether it's military police forces, are already on their side. So, I mean, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Are they on their side? On January 6th, I mean, what did you see? <laughs> I saw that they were. They were letting them in, inviting them in. So Taking see, selfies with them and things like that. Taking selfies. Taking selfies with, with people who aren't supposed to be there. I was so irritated and just completely frustrated and angry by what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it just completely proves or demonstrates that they already know they have a certain power on their side. I mean, I did see that there were some inner workings right Mm -hmm. so when you look at it it's like oh this was an inside job this was not this they were invited invited. and i think beforehand there was some reports saying that senators took them on a tour the day before of the capitol oh no i did not hear that that's interesting they took them on a little tour of the capitol like a little unauthorized tour so, so, yeah. It, that's not surprising to me. So, what does that mean for, for black people? When we look at our fight for racial justice and look at our fight to breathe, look at mm-hmm. our fight to survive, what does that mean for us when we see individuals protesting over something as small as a fake rigged election, right? And they're just, they're they're able to walk on hallowed ground, which mm-hmm. is the U.S. Capitol. Mm-hmm. They're able to break into buildings, come footsteps away from the most Powerful man. Well, the second most powerful man in the world, right? Mike Pence, right? The the vice president. What does that mean for us in our fight? Like, do we just, do we continue to fight? Or do we pack it in? Or it's like, well, these jokers have the control. They have the power. And I like, don't, 
don't think we should ever stop fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a battle that we should continue to support and just continue to work through. I think it just means that we have to come to the realization that the power or the government or America is just not on our side. Like, this country essentially wasn't built for us, wasn't made for us, mm-hmm. and it continues to be demonstrated through everyday politics and everything that we see. I'm not going so, to lie, though. As a black advocate, as a black attorney... It's kind of defeating or def- deflating sometimes when you see that blatant hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like... It's, it's definitely discouraging, Yeah, but that doesn't mean to stop. Mm-hmm. We can go back to the civil rights movement. They didn't stop. They had several barriers held up against them, but they continue to press, press forward together, strategize, organizing, mm-hmm. and making sure that things will eventually be evolved mm-hmm. for future black generations. Yeah, that blatant example of two america's two justice systems two Mm -hmm. ways of policing like how do you storm the capitol and walk away but experience police brutality while protesting police Mm -hmm. brutality i think that to me is just like oh man like we really do have an uphill battle we are fighting the law right the law that allows people to kill african-americans on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and then we're fighting the protectors of that law the Mm -hmm. upholders of that law and it's like, I don't know if I was delusional. Like, oh, police don't know how to police. Mm-hmm. But they do know how to police. Mm-hmm. They very well much do know how to police because they policed in a nonviolent, non-police brutality way. Exactly. On January 6th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, all right. All right, I see how y'all want to do now. When I think of the police, I just think of another white power structure. Mm-hmm. Something that was built against african-americans or any minority for that matter i don't see it changing Mm -hmm. i feel like as a community we have to come in to try to restructure and bring our own ideas our own solutions into the equation so we can essentially defend ourselves because the police aren't going to do it yeah and did you hear that um a lot of these guys are like looking to trump for pardons and he might pardon them and i mean whenever you hear this you may already know if it's happened or not. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't have the benefit of, you know, listening two or three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's going to pardon them. Do you think he's going to pardon them right? if he should? I think that he most <laughs> definitely would. That's his support system. His followers. <laughs> Those are the people he love. Or he probably don't love them. They love him. And to keep that momentum going, he's probably going to do just enough mm-hmm. to make sure he still has them reeled in. The thing is, I think that Trump will use you as long as he can use you, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't really see a benefit in pardoning these people right now for Trump. Absolutely not. They're terrorists. But the thing is, they he doesn't want to be linked. Act. He doesn't want to, he's trying to distance himself right now. He was like, oh, I didn't say that much to the crowd and I didn't incite any violence. And oh, well, if it was already planned before. It was already planned before. So Yeah. there. If we kind of break down what incitement means, looking at different precedents from um, the Supreme Court mm-hmm. or other legal cases. From his speech, the way he was carrying it on, he didn't really use, like, violent words. Mm-hmm. I think there were moments when he mentioned, well, we will walk up there, mm-hmm. we will peacefully protest. Mm-hmm. Like, in his language, I don't know who wrote his speech, yeah. but they were very creative with their, um, with their language. Just playing devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. I will say that there was... Uh, uh, instance of incitement right because mm-hmm. when we look at the legal definition of incitement it says um 
is there an imminent threat in danger, mm-hmm. right? Well, does that person know that there's imminent threat in danger? Well, Trump and his legal team said before, oh, they had previously planned this attack beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the FBI came out with a statement saying that, oh, yeah, we warned of like a possible attack on the Capitol mm-hmm. a day or days before. Trump had president or he had a reason to believe that people in that crowd but could be that carrying But was that in his out. language? Because, you know, going off the First Amendment, you have freedom of speech. Was his actual speech catering to that definition of incitement? I'm, I'm getting there, right? Because okay. one thing that Trump did say was, like, we're going to fight. We're going to fight like hell, right? We got to mm-hmm. take back our country. Mm-hmm. Like, inflammatory language like that. And then you have Trump's legal team, mm-hmm. Giuliani. He was like, you know, we're going to have trial by fire, Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you have and that, he's acting as an agent of Trump in that mm-hmm. in that instance. Right. So you have yourself and your agents using inflammatory language mm-hmm. to a crowd that, you know, is predisposition or you have some reason to believe that they are planning uh, an imminent threat and they have the. The tools necessary to, to carry out that image. They didn't have a lot of tools. They didn't have a lot of weapons. Pitchforks. They had pitchforks. They they scaled the side of the building. They had like a scaffold. Like you know how you paint uh, yeah. buildings and like wash windows. <laughs> they had that. I'm like, that where? lets you know these are everyday common folks that have these racist, nationalist, like supremacy type notions deep down in their spirits. Mm-hmm. Our, our neighbors, people we work with, people we interact with probably on a daily basis, feeling these deep emotions and ready to take over and storm the world. So what do we go from here? Since, like you said, these are everyday Americans. This mm-hmm. is your next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. This is the guy painting your house. You know, this is a guy that are the, the lady at the grocery store. Yes. You know, in Al 3 buying her potatoes and stuff like that. Like, we are around as individuals every day. They yeah. blend in. And how about this? Yo, they got their own Facebook type deal. Like, these, what? Right, what? these right-wing conspiracy theories people, right? Because mm-hmm. when Trump got suspended from Twitter and Facebook and things, there was a suggestion that he should, should, should go to these other sites. It looks like Facebook, mm-hmm. and they don't fact check you. You can say whatever you want to say on there, and it's right wing people, like. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Of course, they're going to organize. Of course, they're going to do whatever they feel is necessary. You know, to plot and plan and scheme. Mm-hmm. It's deeply rooted in our history. So this isn't the first time they've tried to have some type of insurrection against any mm-hmm. U.S. capital back in 1898 in Wilmington, North Carolina. They did the exact same thing. Tell Where? me why I don't know about that, please. Because I'm I grew up a half an hour from Wilmington. Isn't right? it crazy? We're from North Carolina <laughs> right. and haven't even even seriously discussed this, not even in our school or normal conversations. But it was a successful coup d'état mm-hmm. by white nationalists who overtook a very progressive city in North Carolina. Progressive in the fact that right after slavery, right after Reconstruction, Wilmington was filled with Black political figures, black community members were participating. Wilmington was the Black Wall Street. Yes, it was. We had black people participating in elections and voting and just being, just thriving in that community. And of course, we have certain white individuals who felt threatened by that, who felt like their their power was going to be suppressed. Mm -hmm. And they overtook and stormed the political situation in Wilmington. And the thing is, 
that is a perfect another perfect example of mm-hmm. domestic terrorism. I was speaking to an older lawyer mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, and um, he attributed this quote to Frederick, Frederick Douglass. Okay. I don't. I've never seen the quote, so I can't attest to it. Yeah. But. Frederick Douglass said, we need to tell the story before they try to tell a different story, mm-hmm. right? And he was talking about it That's in because. context of like the Civil War mm-hmm. statues that are up of these men on horses and mm-hmm. they're galloping and it looks so poetic and beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Frederick was like, we need to tell the actual story before they try to change the narrative. Mm-hmm. So in this instance, I should know something about this, right? Yeah. I'm 30 years old. And you hear bits and pieces and hints of it, but that's not taught in American history. In like North Carolina history, I had to learn about like the Appalachian Mountains yeah. and the coastal plains and all this sort of stuff. It's like, but there was an insurrection of women saying we're not going to talk about this. Like, yeah, but I, had that been something that mm-hmm. was prevalent in our schools or in our conversations, maybe... I'm not sure if it would have prevented any future actions, but just having the conversations about race and understanding our history could help us really have a different trajectory mm-hmm. <laughs> into a different direction. So living in this uh, this world where, you know, you have domestic terrorists who look like everyday normal Americans mm-hmm. um, and being a, a black man where you have to fight domestic terrorists and then you have to fight police brutality and then you have to fight legal laws say, this and, goes on the legal oppressive so, structures like systemic racism mm-hmm. so where do we go from here how do we as african americans make sure that our story is told correctly i think platforms such as this where mm-hmm. we're able to communicate for certain information that everyone may not be aware of and actively engage our community audience you have community lawyers Mm -hmm. (laughs) like ourselves to build that power and to build that relationship within the community Mm -hmm. so all right let's just backtrack because i'm a political person right and Mm -hmm. in terms of the white supremacy notion Mm -hmm. what can the african-american community do in order to address this particular situation i'm thinking in terms of you know if you see it call it out if you see something on social media call it what it is make people aware of what's really truly happening how do you feel about that um i don't know because mm-hmm. i think if you call it out so much you can get like d sensitized to it i can't mm-hmm. say that word but desensitized I, I to the fact right mm-hmm. i gotta make sure tv land can <laughs> but and the thing is like does it really help or will mm-hmm. people surround that one individual you're calling out with their their money their support i think if you really want to fight mm-hmm. white supremacy you have to build a culture. Mm-hmm. You have to come together because white supremacists are on the same page. Mm-hmm. They, <laughs> they sure are. They are on the same we, page. We saw that. They right. had a, a very organized right. union and, on January 6th. And they may not know the correct law, and they don't. They but, definitely do not. But they all have the same understanding of the wrong law, mm-hmm. <laughs> which lets you know they're communicating. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I would think if you really want to fight white supremacy, we as you know, non-white supremacists as African-Americans, as black people, Mm -hmm. we really have to come together and build community, Mm -hmm. right? Because we can't depend on white supremacists. Mm -hmm. We can't depend on a white supremacist structure. We can't depend on America. (laughs) 
I don't know if I would go that far. I mean, uh, but this country was built on white, white power structures. Or white power structures. So, yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. I mean, tomato, tomato. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> However, blow up the comments. Let us know what you like, what you dislike, what you yeah. want to hear next. Yes, please speak on what you want to hear from us. We are community attorneys and we're here for you. Tune in for next time when we bring community lawyering back to you. Bye.